Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath July 9th, we look at Lesson 2, The Crucibles That Come. Let's see how indeed crucibles are fiery trials that make us stronger in Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 2, The Crucibles That Come. And our memory text is coming from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, New King James Version. Beloved, do not think it is strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Mm, It's that beautiful beautiful promise. Yes. And and here in this lesson, it it gives us the definition of crucible, Um, (laughs) a, a vessel used for melting a substance that requires a high degree of heat, a severe test, or number three, a place or situation in which concentrated forces interact to cause or influence change or development. And mm. so hopefully this lesson is, I believe, trying to help us realize whether we like it or not, we're in the crucible and that mm-hmm. we change for the better. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, this this is an exciting as we're... Um, delving into this lesson. And I want to alert our listeners that we're working on the primary contributor. Uh, We've been just making arrangements or watch for a special bonus episode. It's going to tell some of his own personal background and story as to how this Sabbath school quarterly uh, came about. So looking forward to that. Um, So Michael, uh, with that being said, Tell us a little bit about surprises. <laughs> All right. So I have to tell you a little bit of a, a story for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I, I'll just say a relative, a close relative, uh, years ago went to a public university. So I'm not identifying who or where specifically, but it is a true story. Um, but I uh, was studying chemistry and in the laboratory, they had these uh, crucibles, these big, uh, test tubes, but they were for a larger, they went in concrete into the ground. And <clears throat> excuse me, he and his major sure. professor um, apparently got the crucibles mixed up. Uh oh. <laughs> so the one put the potion or the, the, the mixture in one tube, and then the other professor put the mixture in the same tube. And they, unbeknownst to themselves, they left it in there. And fortunately, uh, in the middle of the night when nobody was around, the mixtures uh, sufficiently mixed and reacted that there was a huge explosion. And apparently the black, the, the laboratory all blew up. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was reading this lesson this week, this is what it reminded me of is sometimes we are surprised, but hopefully it's not as explosive as that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Peter talks about this. Beloved, do not think it's strange concerning, concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. And so, uh, yeah, there, there are different kinds of things that uh, can surprise us. Uh, the lesson talks about losing a job or a loved one. Uh, things that are truly painful and catastrophic. Uh, But what Peter's talking about is that 
um, when you face those things, it's not that you're not going to face those things. And I, I think that's what there's a, yes. a myth out there that if you follow God, um, it's the prosperity gospel, then you won't have any problems. There won't be any challenges in your life. And um, that's actually not really the genuine Christian life. In fact, Definitely if you not. don't have any challenges in your life, you maybe should take stock of yourself and and wonder if something <laughs> might actually be wrong, right? Uh, and and uh, part of it is, is that the trials and sufferings that we uh experience that Christ is with us through those things and, and through those sufferings that we learn and grow and that we suffer Christ suffers with us and we suffer with Christ so to speak right and that's Amen. that's what it's talking about that uh, his glory may be revealed so as we experience those things Christ living in us and how we respond to those things shows that we um, are, are different and um, even when we're insulted in the name of Christ, it says, verse 14, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So all of these things, all of these sufferings, um, they work uh, toward the advancement of the gospel of God, not because these bad things happen, but rather how God's people respond to them. And that really is, um, and we're called, we're called in the midst of suffering uh, to do good. And that's what the, the passage here that we're looking at, verse 19, uh, challenges us. Think of ways that when we're surprised, um, yes, of course, we're going to be surprised because none of us can know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, Buster, right? No, we um, don't. To, to you or me or any of us, but, no. but whatever might happen, or even to our listeners, you know, remember that God is there uh, to be with us um, through that suffering and that um, God can use that as a crucible through which um, we will grow. Amen. So uh, those are crucibles um, in terms of surprises, but now there's crucibles of Satan. <laughs> what is that, Buster? Oh, no. Uh, well, First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, probably uh -huh. one that's very well known. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring mm -hmm. lion, seeking whom he may devour. And oftentimes, and I've, I've been guilty of this, Michael, uh, while preaching, you'll bring this uh, message up and you'll leave it. And people are like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Right? Yeah. Well, if you continue reading, you'll see what to do. Uh, verses 9 through 11. I think it's so important to couple this with that verse. Resist him, as in resist mm -hmm. the devil, steadfast yeah. in the faith, knowing that mm. the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Uh, I have a message for this here in just a second, but listen to verse 10, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after mm. you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you, right? Mm -hmm, but he's mm -hmm. going to do all these things for us in verse, verse 11, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Uh, wow. A couple of lessons here and the lesson brings us out as well, which is how does a, a lion uh, hunt? Well, mm -hmm. he looks after the weak. He looks after the old. He looks after those who are alone. And so being with the brotherhood, uh, having yeah. those who are around you, they're looking, having your back and you're watching their back and you're praying for each other. You're encouraging each other. This is why we need the church. This is why mm -hmm. some people say, well, I'm going to go off and be the church by myself. I'm going to go off in the woods and everything else. Well, you're you're easy to pick off. Right. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, Michael, whether I go wayward or you go wayward, we call mm -hmm. each other out and we call each other's mm -hmm. bluffs and say, hey, 
Buster, yeah. you're going this way. I'm, I think we need to be going this way. And you pray for me, but not only pray yeah. for me, but you call me out. Um, and, and so we see here that it's not only the brotherhood that's looking after, but God is looking after. Mm. Um, something I thought of earlier, Michael, is that what, what, is, what does sheep do when they're, when they're in trouble? They mm-hmm. cry out. They make a bleep. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> and the shepherd, uh, if he's looking, he hears and he goes to the rescue. Uh, mm. David, when he kills the, the lion and he kills the bear, it's because he's watching and his sheep are calling out for him. And he comes yeah. and he saves them. The same thing for us. When we're in trouble, before we're in trouble, we need to be crying out to the Lord so he can help us. Now, listen here. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel, but I do believe in the intervention of God. Yeah, and when we sure. pray, God moves, mm-hmm. promises he'll move. Now, he mm-hmm. might not do exactly what we want him to do, but he says here, even while you're struggling, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to settle you. I'm going to establish you, right? Yeah. So uh, don't give up on crying out to God. And the, the last thing, I love the... the, the I'm just going to interject for just a second. Yeah, go I, ahead. What you, what you said made me think of intercessory prayer, you know? Yes. That, that sometimes just God wants us to ask for help too. But, yes. but go ahead, Buster. I just no. had to say that real quick. No, and, and that's the thing. Um, if we actually take a survey of how many Christians, let mm-hmm. alone Adventists, right? If how many Adventists mm-hmm. are actually interceding on each other's behalfs, mm-hmm. uh, I think we'll actually find that a lot of us are praying, but sometimes our prayers are selfish and they're geared towards us and our own families. Well, what about the brotherhood of Christ? What about our missionaries that are serving overseas? What about those who are not of the household of faith yet, but we're praying Mm -hmm. that the harvest is collected, right? Uh, Right. All these things we need to be praying for because the devil, he's not picky. He's going after everyone, Uh, anyone that seems or appears to be vulnerable. And that includes yeah. us if we're not connected with God and that includes our brother. Sometimes when we're strongest, that's when he attacks and he attacks those who are around us. Mm. So with all that being said, be sober, be vigilant, watching, making sure that we're ready for the enemy's attacks. And the only way to truly do that. And it says it here in the verse is be sober and be vigilant, but also recognizing that the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory after we have suffered for a while. So in other words, he knows mm. we're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. He's going to perfect. And that, by the way, that, that word perfect, he's going to grow us. He's going to mature us. I, I, I love mm. that word in, in the, the New Testament. Sometimes it gets lost in the translation. Uh, mm-hmm. some, sometimes people think, oh, he's going, to, he's going to cause me to be sinless. Well, I don't know about you, but in the midst of my suffering, I'm not really worried about <laughs> being sinless. Uh, but God is definitely worried about our character. Uh, mm. that word that he uses there, um, it's a cartatizo, which is he's going to actually repair us and mend us in a way, right? So it's mm. not just that he's going to, once again, it's, it's not talking about sinlessness, but mm-hmm. it establish, uh, once again, and strengthen and settle you. And yeah. once again, that word settle, um, he's going to make us grounded in him. And that's when we have suffered for a while. So he, I love, once again, Pastor Michael Gibson used this line, God doesn't cause our suffering, but he will not allow our suffering to be wasted. Mm. Right? So I like that. I like uh, that. Michael, take us to, to Tuesday's lesson, the crucibles of sin. Yeah. And, and before we go there, um, you're talking about a lion. So I just have to share a little personal anecdote. Let's go. <laughs> just a second about an actual lion. Oh, no. When when I was training pastors out in, in Africa, I was with a group. 
and they surprised us. I didn't know we were going to do this, but we ended up going on a, on a, on a safari. So we went out, they took us out for the day. And so they have these safari vehicles and you get better pictures from on top. And some of them have a, like a little thing where you can climb out through the window and stand up. And I decided to be brave and actually sit on top of the car while we're watching. <laughs> and out of the bush, Buster, came this lion. Oh, no. And it came running. And I was petrified. Thankfully, I stayed still. I didn't move. Oh. And it was going after something else. But this lion ran right by the car. I was just a few feet away. And never in my life did I feel so scared before, I think. You do not want to be where a lion is about to pounce on you. Um, that is that is truly, truly scary. Uh, anyways, yeah. Crucibles of sin. So Romans 1, uh, 18 talks about the wrath of God against ungodliness and unrighteousness. That should not surprise us. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23, right? right. Um, but then it talks about Romans... Um, Romans chapter one, verses uh, 21 to um, 32. And um, it talks about people that are wise, that become fools, exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. That's verse 23. Right. And I'm, I'm just reading from the NIV, just in case anyone's curious. And uh, verse 24, God gave them over to their sinful desires. And it gives lots of different examples. A lot of people get hung up on the different examples. But I, I think the point is, um, and again and again, pa Pastor Paul is saying this, is making the same point. Um, in verse 28, it's the same thing. So God gave them over to a depraved mind, right? So right. There, there is a point, and this is where the crucible of sin is, right, is that um, God, if you so choose, and God doesn't force you, but if you so choose to follow a life of sin, that uh, ultimately, ultimately, um, there are real consequences. And those are not always very pleasant um, to think about. And, and sometimes it's not even necessarily the physical things that are uh, the result of those, but there is far more the emotional and, and so many other aspects, the weight of sin. Uh, but, but there are those, it's very real, it's tangible. And whether you want to face it or not, that is, uh, that is the reality. And so, um, it's, it's tragic. It's, it's, um, it's, it's horrible to think about all, all of the results, right? So gossip, right. slandering, God hating, insolent, arrogant, boastfulness, things that, um, it's the opposite of the character of God. It's the opposite of God's righteousness. And God allows them to read the results of their sin, sin singular, because it's the human condition here, right? <laughs> um, all, all these sins, the, the outward fruit is just the consequence of uh, the inward heart and condition of, of sin. Um, and I, by the way, I think people confuse that sin, sin you know, uh, singular, sin, plural, uh, it's kind of like the the tree and the root versus the fruit and the branches, right? right. So you take care of the sin problem at its root, but but um, that that sinful heart, that condition of people so choose God once again never forces, and that is um, that's the tragic part. But thankfully, um, all these different crucibles we're talking about that that doesn't have to be that way. So yeah, really there is true. a process of as as the lesson calls it purification. So um, Buster, yeah. You know, Michael, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I've been frustrated with my lawn this year. I've been really trying this year. And, oh, no. uh, 
put down a lot of weed killer and everything uh-huh. else. And it found out my timing was off. And so therefore I have oh, no. less weeds, but I still have these weeds that come up. Right. And they're mm-hmm. and part of it's because they're part of the grass family. I didn't put the right mm-hmm. type down. And, and the thing is, uh, someone, uh, the guy's helping out with my lawn. He's like, yeah, this is, can be like a three to four year process before your lawn looks exactly what you want it to look like. Right. He's like, so wow. you keep on treating it. It gets better and it gets better. I'm like, you know what? There's a, there's a lesson to this in the Christian life. Uh, purification. Uh, mm. By the way, we are, we are not done. God is not done with this. And I really appreciate the call to convention. Uh, several yeah. presentations that brought this out, but even in my own studies of mm-hmm. reading the word of recognizing mm. that glorification is a true time where our characters are perfected. Uh, well, I, I only put it that way. I'll put it this way, that God is not done working on us until the day mm. that we either breathe our last breath or that he comes to the clouds of glory, that yeah. uh, the most righteous man or woman uh, can still grow into that of the character of Christ uh, until, until the last day. And the, the thing is, you and I are not the benchmark. Uh, our pastor is not the benchmark. Mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. is the benchmark. And mm-hmm. Forever, we will worship him and not us because he is God and we are not. But at the same time, he's still cultivating in us uh, a character that he's bringing about. So this brings us to Jeremiah verse nine, uh, chapter nine, verse seven. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it says, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will refine them and try them. For how shall I deal with the daughter of my people? And mm. what, what this is bringing out, uh, Michael, if you have a chance to read all of Jeremiah chapter nine uh, later, please do. But mm-hmm. God is dealing here with a sin problem. And it says uh, here in verse, verse nine, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. shall I not punish them for these things? Says the Lord, shall I not avenge myself uh, on such a nation of this? Uh, they're worshiping Baals and they're doing all sorts of things. And God is saying, how I'm going to deal with it is I'm going to refine them. I'm going to put them through the crucible I'm not going to forsake them. I'm not going to leave them, but I'm also not going to allow them to continue in the degradation that they're going through. I'm going to mm. show them, uh, uh, show them the error of their way, and I'm going to be with them. I'm going to strive with them and not against them. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote found in uh, my utmost for his highest. Mm-hmm. And it's page. Oh, great book. Yes. Yes, it is. It says, if the spirit of God brings to your mind a word of the Lord that hurts you, you can be sure that there is something in you that he wants to hurt to the point of its death. Uh, and, and, and this is Oswald Chambers. And as he's bringing that point up, this is what conviction does. This is what refinement does. This is why we need that thoughtful hour each day in contemplation of the life of Christ, not just so we yeah. can think about Christ, but so he can refine us, so he can talk to us so he can show us the error of our ways, or he can show us the goodness of our good. So we can continue in that way, or we can listen to the Lord's direction and follow Mm. it and not listen to our own way and our own directions, or even man's directions or ways, because sometimes Mm -hmm. that can steer us wrong. Mm -hmm. So, So in all of this, Michael, it says, God says that he will refine and test, or another word for this is melt, uh, Mm. Judah and Jerusalem, what two reasons does God give for this? And we see in verse 13 and 14 and 15 and 16, I'm going to turn there so our, our audience can hear this, 13 and 14, because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them, not obeyed my voice, nor walked in it, but they have walked according to the dictates of their own hearts after, their, after the bales, which their fathers taught them. In verse 15 and 16, therefore says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will feed them, this people with wormwood, 
and will give them gall, gall, uh, water of gall to drink. I will scatter them among the Gentiles whom, uh, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, and I will send a sword after them until I have consumed them. Uh, and so he's saying, follow my way. Come back to me. I love you too much to see you go through this. And this is, this is the consequence you're going to bear if you continue down this road, down this path. But you don't have to, right? Uh, or you can. This is what freedom of choice looks like, but it's not freedom of consequences, uh, freedom from consequences, I should say. Uh, so, Michael, do you have anything else to add to that before we go into Thursday's lesson, Crucibles of Maturity? No, I just it's it's not uh, it's not fun, but it has an ultimate purpose. And I think when we understand that, that's what it's really all about. And I think that kind of connects actually with the maturity thing, because it's maturing, yes, it purifying and maturing. Actually, I think Buster are really quite similar in my from my perspective. Absolutely. They are. Yeah. So um, purification in, implies sort of like getting rid of something bad. That's part of it. Maturing seems to imply a little bit more positive that there is a continual process of growth. Uh, and and I think, um, you know, it, it's maybe it's just a little slightly more positive way of saying it. But but if we don't mature, you know, think of our kids, Buster, right? We both have kids. <laughs> if they're not maturing, we'd suddenly start getting really worried. Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> And now my son's taller than me. So what can I say? <laughs> you keep giving them vegetables. Look what look what happens. And uh, and 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 we we want that. We want that. We want maturing uh, or maturity to happen um, in the lives of our kids. Um, and in a Christian perspective, we want that to happen too. Where we're you know. Uh, uh, Pastor Paul says, I die daily, right? So we right. have to constantly surrender ourselves to Jesus um, each and every day in our lives. And, and so, uh, but I think this is especially interesting because the example that the, the lesson author contributor gives here is the, the lesson or the example of, of Paul having this thorn in the flesh that you know people have kind of wondered it's hotly debated some people seem to think that you know it likely was his eyesight uh, whatever this thorn of the flesh was um in second corinthians 12 7 it says that um, it was given to him lest he be exalted above measure and in my wheelhouse as i think of this example and think about what you know it, the, the lesson's pointing out uh, what first of all, what what is the purpose of that? Well, God God allows us to experience certain things, um, not because He wants us to to harm us, but but it's part of that growing process, right? right. We need we need the wind to to blow um, in the garden with the seedlings and the plants, and they experience rain and sunshine and everything else, because a certain amount of that is just necessary for life. It's necessary for growth, and we need that in our Christian experience um, as as we're growing. So, um, yeah. So um, in this case, to keep Pastor Paul from becoming conceited. Um, by, the, by the way, Ellen White, so I'm throwing out a little bit of uh, Adventist history here too, right? Um, she had a very similar kind of experience where, you know, early, early on, in her prophetic ministry, she's re she's worried that somehow she might become exalted and feel this this air of spiritual superiority by by the fact that she was having these these visions and um, and and Ellen White actually refers to this specific verse that's referenced here in the lesson, uh, talking about this 
and uh, God promised to, in the same way, try to help preserve her uh, by allowing her to also experience um, uh, affliction. And so I think this is kind of a, a very interesting um, very interesting uh, comparison. It's not just isolated to, you know, Pastor Paul or Ellen White, right. but uh, each of us have that same kind of thing where God allows us, and if we'll surrender ourselves to him and allow him, and I think that takes a depth of spiritual uh, maturity. That, that maturity, yeah, a relationship yeah. to say, uh, yeah. hey, God, I actually, I, to recognize, hey, I actually need that. I see the potential of of a callousness and a spiritual uh, lethargy or whatever might happen that could derail. So please, Lord, help me to do whatever you need to do in my life so that that way I can continue and keep growing, um, in this case, uh, spiritually. And I, right. I think that is a beautiful beautiful thing and and closely related to that buster i think also is this um sorry i i had a mosquito coming right at me because <laughs> <laughs> anyone's wondering what happened to, to, to campbell here uh relates to how we understand the sanctification the process of uh, process of salvation and um, ellen white talks about this again in steps to christ and other places where she mentions that it's the work of a lifetime mm. so and uh, and i think that should give us hope because if we're maturing and growing we're not going to all mature and grow all instantaneously at once we don't plant a seed and instantly have tomatoes um, there's a process through which that happens. And it's a beautiful process. Anyone that has plants or sees that or experiences experiences that, you have children. These are the rhythms of life. And we expect that in so many different um, other aspects of life. We should not rush that process when it comes to our own spiritual growth as well. So if you're not where that. you want to be spiritually, don't give up hope. Mm -hmm. uh, but remember that God's inviting you into a relationship with him and allow yourself to experience a little bit of God growing bit by bit each and every day, surrendering one's life, falling in love with Jesus more deeply. And I, I think that's the beautiful thing. It gives me hope, Buster, because then I can I can realize, hey, I haven't arrived. I've still got work to do, and I, God isn't finished with me yet. Amen. You know, that's probably one of the hardest things in, in uh, Christianity is that some of us are different types of fruit trees. Some some grow apples, some grow oranges. Some of us are grapes. Uh, some are growing off the vine, and others are blueberry bushes. And the thing is, sometimes the apples wants everyone else to be apples. And it's not mm. going to happen. And sometimes mm -hmm. the the root and the tree that grew up overnight, sometimes we want others, to, we want to force them along. And that's the thing. We're growing at different rates. We're growing different types of fruit because the Holy Spirit's the one that's in charge. So once again, allow the Holy Spirit to move and mm. allow the Holy Spirit to mature people in the rate and the fashion which they're going to mature. Um, mm -hmm. Now, we can we can help each other along the way but we're not the ones that's causing someone to mature. We're not the ones that are, that are forcing it. Right. Um, yeah. The Holy spirit doesn't even force it. Mm -hmm. uh, if I don't want to bear any fruit, I don't have to bear any fruit, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to encourage others to do so. But first I need to make sure that Christ is moving in me. And if it takes someone 60 years to mature by the grace of God, praise the Lord, they're maturing. If it takes someone a day, right. I've seen it happen before. Uh, then praise the Lord for that. But in the meantime, Lord, help me have patience, not only for others, but help me have patience for myself as you yeah. are working in and through me.
So lots of different kinds of crucibles, Buster. Yes, there are. <laughs> so hopefully we enjoy the process as we go along, Michael. Mm, I love it. Well, uh, I just want to encourage our listeners, wherever you are, don't uh, give up on yourself and uh, allow God to keep just working um, in your life. And I need that. Um, just speaking for myself, you know, just uh, thinking this morning during my devotions, you know, Lord, I just want to be more like you. Um, help me to surrender my life to you and everything that I do and experience. And I, I think that's just uh, that beautiful uh, prayer that each of us need to of, of surrender. Amen. Amen. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week, Buster. Um, this is a great lesson. Again, listeners, watch for a special bonus episode that should be coming up in the not-too-distant future with the uh, primary contributor, uh, president of the Atlantic uh, Conference. So yes. looking forward to, to getting to meet him here very soon, and we'll be posting that uh, once we have that interview. So uh, without any further ado, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.